Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, investors. We're going to take a look at big news this morning. According to advance estimates released by the Ministry of Trade and Industry, Singapore's third quarter economic growth stage, a rebound from the deep contraction seen during the circuit breaker period, continues to stay in negative territory, though. We're also going to take a look at corporate news big in the U.S. to American banks showing marked improvement. They're setting aside fewer funds to cover potentially bad loans. Um, they're doing quite well. Why is that? And what is the signal about the state of the U.S. economy if both banks, J.P. Morgan and Citigroup, think they don't have to set aside more for bad loans? That's all coming up in the program. I've invited this morning a familiar voice. I know many of you enjoy hearing from Mr. Tong Ho Sung. He's Director, Head of Wealth Management at the Aura Group. Aura Group is a licensed wealth manager in Singapore. They manage some $900 million in assets. Good morning, Tong Ho. How are you? Hey, morning, Michelle. I'm fine, thank you. Good to have you with us. So, Singapore's economy... Singapore's economy contracted by 7% in the third quarter as compared with a year earlier. That is slightly worse than expectations, but much better than the second quarter of the year when the economy experienced a double-digit contraction. So when you look at the numbers, what comes to mind? What seems to be fueling the improvement? I guess first and foremost, I think the flash estimate uh, shows a 7% contraction in the third quarter as compared to the same period last year. Uh, this was somewhat better than the estimate of about 7.3% uh, that, that that private sec- sector economists uh, were serving. I guess this is basically attributed to the fact that the economy uh, was slowly opening up. Uh, as you know, we, we went we went to a, almost a full lockdown sometime in uh, April, May. So that affected uh, the, the, the second quarter reading. And come June, I think that was when the restrictions were basically relaxed. So uh, I'm not surprised that the numbers have, have improved, but I think we, we're, we're probably still a ways away to pre-COVID days. That's for sure. Unfortunately, yes. When you look at the numbers, does it seem quite clear which sectors or industries seem to be benefiting from Singapore's stimulus efforts? I guess if I have to look at what's going on, I mean, there, there, there is still government support in the hospitality sectors as well as the airline sectors. I think slowly construction is, is, is also enjoying some release as well from the government. So I think these are the three major sectors that you know will probably be beneficial, especially when they start sending out the $100 vouchers mm. uh, for local people to go and visit the local tourist uh, attractions. Mm. Okay, so you think that's going to help the tourism industry currently struggling now? Well, it will, I guess it will help a little bit, especially and at the same time, we're also, uh, I guess, negotiating travel bubbles yes. uh, with with with, uh, with with some other some of our immediate neighbors and, and countries where infection rates have showed that it has uh, decreased. Yeah, that's going to so help. That, that, that should, yeah, that's that's definitely. 
All right, let's turn to corporate news now, Tong Ho. Two of America's banks are showing marked improvement in earnings. JP Morgan Chase reporting a 9.4 billion US dollar profit for the third quarter of the year. Citigroup netting more than $3 billion in income during the same period. And perhaps more importantly, both banks are setting aside fewer funds to cover potentially bad loans. What do these results tell us about the bank's financial health? I think uh, the earnings that came out for JP Morgan and Citi both definitely was better than expected. I mean, uh, if you look at JP Morgan's uh, revenue of about $30 billion, uh, that was basically quite flat compared to 2019. However, uh, what was quite surprising was, or was, was the fact that the trading revenue was up about $7 billion, and that's up like uh, approximately 29% year-on-year. Uh, city fixed income and equities trading revenue of about $4 billion US dollars was also up about 17% year-on-year. Now, uh, and, and, and yes, uh, as you've indicated, both also uh, reduced their provisions for bad loans. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, J.P. Morgan uh, is setting aside only $611 million uh, as compared to $10 billion in, in the second quarter. And Citi looking to set aside approximately $2.3 billion as compared to about $8 billion in Q2. Uh, I, I think what's, what's more critical is looking at the company's guidance for clues. Mm. Uh, and I, even though I think the pace of the recovery is probably pretty uneven. Yeah, if you look at the travel industry in the U.S., it's basically, uh, I would say, at a standstill. If the banks so, are doing well now, quite well now, why is that? Where are they making their money? Well, I, I guess the fact that uh, interest rates have been low, uh, that helps in terms of corporate borrowing, uh, as well as the, 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 the fact that at, at, at because rates are low, if you look at the numbers, as I was saying, I mean, uh, most of them actually came in from trading revenues trading activities. So what that means is people are, are looking at it and go, look, if I have $100 and I put it in the bank, I'm actually earning next to nothing. And mm. what they decided to do was actually go into the market. Uh, and, and, and hence, uh, that's why the U.S. market has also been doing very well. Uh, it's purely liquidity driven. Mm. Yeah, and, and I guess with the U.S. economy also slowly opening up, uh, I, that, that should go quite well for the bank. The banking sector. What do, you, what do you think of the earnings results in light uh, against the backdrop of the U.S. economy, the state of the U.S. economy? I mean, does it say something about the economy if these banks think they don't have to set aside more for bad loans? Well, I think as the economy opens up and as more activities come on stream, uh, as businesses starts uh, expanding again, uh, especially with 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 especially over in the healthcare sector where people have been focusing on because a race for a vaccine. Mm. Uh, I would say generally, I think uh, overall, I think looking ahead, I think it does bode quite well for the financial sector in, in the U.S. Yeah, and yet we've heard today that, you know, two attempts at a vaccine are stalling. Eli Lilly, Johnson & Johnson, both reporting some setbacks on that front. Um, do you think this is going to add significant uncertainty to the market? Yes and no. I think uh, when, when, when pharmaceutical companies start going on, on to, to the third, third, I think the third stage, trials, mm. uh, there's going to be some setbacks. That's, that's to be expected, uh, especially with the coronavirus, where I think 
though we know a lot more about it today than, say, the, at the beginning of the year, uh, it is still quite a mysterious virus. And I think that there's still a lot more to learn about it. And, you know, so setbacks like this uh, I, I, isn't surprising at all. All right. He's Sung Tong Ho, Director and Head of Wealth Management for the Aura Group. Tong Ho, one last question sure. on the banks, JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup. What do you make of investor reaction to the earnings? Both bank shares are trading down. Citi's showing a greater decline than JP Morgan's. I think what people have done is they, they basically just taking some money off the table. Yeah. And I think what they're probably looking further out ahead is uh, the unemployment numbers in, in, in the U.S. Uh, I think it's, it's really critical. Uh, and, and we need to look at it uh, between short-term and versus a long-term unemployment rate. Uh, short-term unemployment is, is, is quite okay. I mean, uh, it doesn't affect the economy too much. Uh, However, the major worry is long-term unemployment because that basically affects consumer spending as well as confidence. And that in itself contributes about two-thirds of the the economy. So uh, depending on on, on how businesses, uh, they change in terms of their model, in terms of their model and and, and what sort of transformation it's going to take, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why people are saying, okay, I think, uh, the market's been kind to me. I, I like to take some money off the table, uh, take a step back, relook, and perhaps maybe even wait for the outcome of uh, the U.S. elections, which is right now really quite close to call. Mm. So what are you telling your clients? I mean, is the lack of a stimulus package or anticipation of one adding to uncertainty in U.S. markets? Should investors be positioning themselves accordingly? I would say yes. Uh, as, as you know, this this election come November uh, is pretty tight. Uh, even though there, there are talks that, you know, the Senate and, and all, they're, they're talking about potential stimulus package. Uh, if I was a Democrat, I'll probably say, uh, no, I, 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 I'll stall as long as I can, uh, especially if I think my candidate's going to win, uh, because I'm not going to gift something like this to the incumbent. And for the Republicans, uh, they, they would probably prefer to go all out to come out with a stimulus plan and uh, so that, you know, it's, it's a lot easier when you go out to the electorate and say, look, this is what I've done for you. So uh, that there's, there's going to be volatility, that's for sure. Uh, and, and I would say that, uh, you know, if, if you have already made money, uh, take money off the table and basically look and be a little bit patient. Great advice there. What do you think? It's a tech. It's been a tech-driven run. But what do you think of emphasizing cyclicals like industrials and healthcare when you look at the U.S. economy? Okay, uh, that, that's a good question. I mean, technology has driven the market, uh, but looking ahead, I think one cannot avoid technology uh, at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to look at cyclicals, I would probably say uh, yes. Uh, if you're looking really out the long term, cyclicals will probably benefit as, as people move out of technology. Yeah, healthcare will continue to do quite well until a vaccine is found. Uh, however, this, this also hinges on the outcome of the U.S. elections because a Biden victory uh, will likely affect the big pharma as the Democrats, as you know, uh, will continue to push for affordable health care for all 
which means lower medical costs and, and, and insurances. Uh, whereas for a Trump victory, uh, then I would say that uh, you know it, it, it's status quo, whereby you know affordable care and, and health care is going to be pushed onto the private sector side of things. Mm. Uh, and what are you advising your clients? Are you seeing clients sort of um, shift their portfolios in anticipation of possible election outcome scenarios? It's a little bit difficult to call, especially mm. now uh, with, with elections coming closer and, and, and Trump being back on the campaign trail. I think this, this uh, I mean, depending on, on, on reports you read, there are numerous reports out there that says that Trump could uh, possibly uh, win, a re- win another four years. Uh, but then there are also those that are saying that uh, Biden is far ahead, even in battleground states. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should work quite well for, 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 for the Democrats. Uh, I think that's going to be So it's really going to be a close call and a mm-hmm. tough call on mm-hmm. the U.S. Uh, elections. But I think regardless, I think what people need to probably need to look at uh, is the ESG concerns. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know it's, it, it's pretty new when people talk about the environment, sustainability, and governance, I think that should probably pick a higher profile as time goes by. I mean, so renewables, uh, sustainability, I would probably say allocate some money into, into uh, companies that are, that, 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 that are governed by the ESG uh, mandate. So look away, in fact, from energy. Yeah, I mm. would say. I think the renewable side uh, would definitely benefit. As, as as electrical as electric vehicles and all, uh, when batteries and all prices start coming down, I think before you know it, uh, an EV is probably going to cost you about the same as a a, a normal uh, combustible engine car. That's a great point. So I think for investors wondering, is there a way that I can position my portfolio so it it weathers the storm regardless of the U.S. election outcome? There's been a lot of interest in uh, Chinese bonds, Chinese tech. Where do you stand on that interest? Yes, I think Chinese tech is, is, is an interesting play. However, uh, there is this potential U.S. trade war, and the U.S. have actually come out quite strongly against uh, some of the U.S. tech companies like Huawei, Tencent, TikTok, and, and, and all. Mm. So if, if, if I was to look at the Chinese tech play, uh, perhaps what I would do is uh, look into one of the tech ETFs that's listed in the Hong Kong stock market. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty, it, it was only listed probably uh, about a month ago. Uh, they, they, sh- they should do quite well. Uh, for Chinese bonds and all, I would say that I'm actually a little bit underweight high-yield corporate. And if I have to go, I would rather go uh, to government risk. Okay, let's ride on that theme. What other areas are you underweight on right now? Basically, very much on the, on the high-yield corporates. Uh, because, I mean, it, it, it had a nice good run because central banks decided to say, you know, instead of just buying uh, investment-grade bonds, let's, let's also put it into, into the portfolio. So, but then depending on how long this pandemic is going to last, whether a vaccine is going to come, come about, uh, whether depending on, on who's going to be sitting in, in the White House uh, come November or, or post-November, uh, the trade wars, Brexit uh, negotiation with with with, uh, with the EU, uh, I would say I would have definitely avoid the uh, at least underweight the high yield corporates because some of that may not even survive uh, the the, the post pandemic. And are you overweight on anything now? 
I'm all, well, generally we're, we're looking at still very much government uh, mm-hmm. sovereign risk. So we're a little bit more overweight on that, on the fixed income side. Uh, though we have to monitor it really closely because of the inverse relationship between bonds and interest rates. Mm-hmm. But central banks have come out and said uh, they, they're happy to leave interest rates low or where they are at currently uh, for the next year or so. So I, I guess for the time being, uh, the, the, the race for yield is still going to be very much in play. Uh, I, I guess what one could also do is uh, selectively look at uh, equity in, on the equity side of markets where uh, companies are still continuing paying dividends, uh, good cash flow, and I guess a, a decent, strong balance sheet. Always great speaking with you. Thank you for the wealth of insights, Tong Ho. Uh, you're most welcome. He's Sung Tong Ho, Director and Head of Wealth Management for the Aura Group. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.